0: Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians six four. While well, it's almost Christmas, which means we're in the middle of Advent season. Advent is the time of year when Christians remember the first coming of the Lord Jesus, when God the Son became the Son of Man. And if you're like me, you're looking for ways to make the most out of this season. In terms of spiritually leading your family, this can be a very rich time of year. And in this short episode, I want to give you some biblical theory and some practical guidance that I've picked up along the way for leading your family at Advent. So here we go, Think Squad. Let's get ready to think. My name is Joel Sedicase. In 2009, I left my job in the business world to teach Bible at a Christian high school in Chicago. Impacted by my students' questions, I set out on a journey that brought me first to seminary to study apologetics and philosophy of religion, and then into pastoral ministry. As a pastor, I saw firsthand the struggle of believers confronted with questions of life that at first seemed impossible to answer, and the powerful confidence that came when they saw how God's Word gives the answers and guidance they needed. I had a dream to spread that message and equip more followers of Jesus, so my family and I joined crew and launched the Think institute now i'm on a mission to equip believers to explain share and defend the christian message by applying timeless biblical truths to current cultural challenges i don't have all the answers but i'm determined to find them and through this show i'm reporting back to you the think squad what i discover. welcome to the think podcast Really quickly before we start, learning how to interpret all of life through the lens of God's Word takes a lot of work, more than just one or two podcast episodes a week. If you have an interest in the intersection between the biblical worldview and biblical manhood and current events, as I do, as well as philosophy, theology, and many, many leather-bound books, consider joining our free online community, The Think Squad Group, on Facebook, Gab, and on signal there you can join hundreds of other christ followers who are also on the same journey and we trade apologetic stories and strategies we discuss philosophy and theological questions it's like a huge bull session around a bonfire in your backyard or at your favorite cigar lounge so check out the think squad group on facebook gab and signal All right. If we're going to lead our families this Advent, we are going to need to be equipped. We're going to need some uh, theoretical guidance, but also some practical steps. And that's what I always try to give you here on the uh, Think Podcast. I always try to give you not just theory, but also practical advice, things that you can put into action right away, even today. Probably not right now, because as I record this, it's uh, late here in Chicagoland. But by the time you're listening to it, Maybe it'll be the right time for you to put this into action. So I want to talk to you about leading your family spiritually at Advent. All right. Now, the first order of business when we're equipping dads is dads need jokes. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to give you three dad jokes right now. It's Christmas time. Everybody wants to laugh. And listen, dads, they're counting on us. You know that. We have to have the jokes. If we don't have the dad jokes, I, there's no such thing as a mom joke. So if we don't have them, the dad jokes won't get told. Uh, people are counting on us, so here you go. Here are three dad jokes for you to use this Christmas season. All right, first First, first dad joke. What did the grape say when it was stepped on? Nothing. It just gave out a little wine. You see, it just gave out a little wine. One. You get it. All right, next joke. Joke number two. Hey, did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Yeah, great food, no atmosphere. Right, because the moon doesn't, you see the moon doesn't have an atmosphere. All right, you get that. All right, last joke. Actually, this isn't a joke as much as it is just a shout out. See, I'd like to give a big shout out to all the sidewalks. Yeah, they they really kept me off the streets all these years. The sidewalks, you see, they, they kept me off the streets. <laughs> all right. So, you've been equipped with jokes. Now it's time to talk about duties, our fatherly duties, uh, our responsibilities. What are we actually responsible for with our families? Well, according to the Bible, a father is responsible for three things, teaching, discipline, and preparation teach, discipline, and prepare. That is what is required of us as fathers. Those are our three fatherly duties. There there are probably many, many more, but in terms of equipping our families, leading our families at Advent, those are the three things I want to focus in on. Teach, discipline, and prepare. All right. When we're teaching, obviously, we don't want to teach our kids falsehoods. That would be not a good goal. We want to teach truth. That's what we want to teach. Because you know what? Discipleship begins in the home. Jesus commanded us, commanded the church, to go out into all the world and to make disciples. And that process begins for our kids, if we're godly men, if we're, we're Christians, that process is going to begin in the home. will give you a couple of verses on this. Ephesians six four, fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. 2 Timothy 3.15. And you know that from infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy, godly man, was brought up in his home to know the scriptures. He was discipled in the scriptures from a very early age. Now, Tim Challies in Uh, the article that he wrote called Leadership in the Home a Godly Man Leads, points out a very sobering statistic. 100% of the Bible's commands to teach and train up children are directed toward fathers. Dads, we are our children's primary teachers. Even if your wife homeschools, we cannot neglect this duty. The buck ultimately has to stop with us. Now, we can't require our faith. We're not the government. We can't just coerce people to do things. Sorry, I got a little, okay, you, un- you understand. We can't coerce our children to believe, but we can set them up well. Men, we have an obligation to lead ourselves well, and if God gives us a family, if God has given us a family, we have an obligation to lead our families well, too. We want to teach our kids truth, and we want to teach our kids values. In philosophy, we call the study of values axiology. When we're talking about spiritual leadership, here's what we mean by values. Here's the axiology of Advent. We want to teach our kids the value of pursuing Christ above the busyness of life. That's a real temptation around this time of year, is getting sucked into all the busyness, it, it, for everyone, everyone, especially if, if you know someone who works in ministry, this is a majorly busy time of year. But it's not just pastors, elders, ministry leaders, it's everybody. We're all trying to get all of our projects done by Christmas so we can take that, the, you know, a few days off between Christmas and New Year's. And that makes it very busy. But this is a time for us to be able to teach our kids and show our kids through our actions the value of pursuing Christ even in the midst of a flurry of busyness. We can also teach them the value of family, togetherness, faithfulness. As you lead your family spiritually this Advent, you will communicate love to them and provision to them. You're going to be providing for them spiritually and teaching them the value of providing spiritually. And you're going to teach them the value of truth in a world full of error. My wife went into, where Where did she go the other day? Marshall's, I think. And as Elisa was in Marshall's, she was looking around. She told me this afterwards. And she said, there was nothing in the store related to Christmas, which I know might sound strange because here we are, it's the middle of Christmas. So what did they have decorated? Well, they had holiday stuff. They had winter stuff. They had ornaments, they had snowflakes, but there was nothing, no baby Jesus in the manger, nothing talking about the incarnation of Christ, which might sound silly. Why would you expect marshals to talk about the incarnation of the God-man? Well, you wouldn't, and that's just the point. Our culture, even in the midst of Christmas, of Advent, our culture is not going to recognize the, the truth of what Christmas is all about. And if it's not truth, then at best it's neutral, but you and I both know that there is no neutrality in this world. And so if someone is excluding Christ, that's tantamount to denying Christ, or at least denying his importance. So you have the opportunity to teach truth in a world that is full of error and full of neglecting the true meaning of the Christmas season of Advent. Next, is discipline. We talked about teaching. You have the opportunity to discipline your kids during this time. And I don't just mean spanking them when they do something wrong, although that's important as well. But godly men lead their families through loving and patient discipline. In fact, one of the requirements for being an elder in 1 Timothy 3, 4, and 5 is he must manage his own household competently and have his children under control with all dignity Proverbs 23 13 says, Don't withhold discipline from a youth. If you punish him with a rod, you will not die. Again, that's directed at dads. We uh, we need to be inculcating discipline in our children. That's not just it's not just um spanking them when they're bad. It's not just the rod. It's managing our household in a competent way. It's Modeling those values we talked about. It's teaching truth. It's bringing them up in the training, the teaching, and the admonition of the Lord. It's setting a child on his way so that when he is older, he won't stray from it. Modeling the spiritual disciplines at home can be a very powerful thing. The spiritual disciplines, for example, of Bible study, of prayer, worship, as well as confession and repentance of sin. And you know, dads, we sin. I sin. I have to confess those sins. When I, if I sin against my kids, I need to be the first one to go and confess to them, to tell them what I did, why I was wrong, how sorry I am, and that I won't do it again. And when you're doing Bible study, when you're studying, when you're getting into God's Word together, there's going to be sin. <laughs> no kid naturally enjoys sitting still. And so when you're leading your kids, you can accommodate their attention spans, but understand that this is building valuable skills for life, valuable discipline, patience, endurance, good listening, obedience, etc. Again, we can't coerce our kids to have the fruit of the spirit, but we can provide an environment where they have the opportunity to grow in those things as the Lord guides them. And then you know what? If our kids misbehave, that's a chance to correct behavior. If we lose our temper, that's a chance for us to apologize, to lead the family in modeling these spiritual disciplines. All right, so we talked about discipline. Now let's talk about prepare, preparation. Godly men prepare their children for the world and send them out into it. Proverbs 22, six says, start a youth out on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. That's the CSB version, if that sounds a little strange to you. But I really like that version. Psalm 127.3-5 talks about how arrow, uh, children are like arrows in a warrior's hand. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Goes on to say that a man is blessed when he fills his quiver with them. So children are meant, you think about what arrows do. You don't hold on to an arrow and you don't want boomerang arrows either. I just saw that. That was a a funny line in the recent Hawkeye show. They talked about having boomerang arrows and how stupid that would be. Well, the same thing is true about your kids. You want to send them out so they're prepared for the world. So they don't have to come back and remain reliant on you for the rest of their lives. Start a child out on his way and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Set an example of what a godly lifestyle looks like through prayer, scripture, confession, service and Lord willing, they will emulate that later in life. If you model what it looks like to talk about Jesus, to share, to defend your faith, then your kids will see that. They will learn by example and you know a great way for them to see that is during this time at Advent as you gather together for family worship. Now, all this sounds good so far, but as I've already alluded to, there are going to be challenges. And there are three major challenges as I see it when it comes to leaving your family well at Advent. Those are a lack of drive, a lack of time, and a lack of know-how or skill. So thankfully, thank God, our challenges, although they are real, they are solvable. They are solvable. So, for example, a lack of drive, that's countered by God's Word. Pull up the right slide here. A lack of drive is, is, uh, is solved by God's Word. James 4.17 tells us that whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. And we have a very powerful example of of that going wrong when it comes to Adam in the garden. You know, think back about think back to Adam. Uh, we often we we remember that Eve was tempted, and we um we we say, oh, you know, that was that was terrible. But one of the things we don't often realize is that Adam was there. Scripture says Adam was there, and he took the fruit from Eve, but he didn't stop the serpent from tempting Eve. He didn't He didn't warn his wife. He didn't look out for her, pre- prevent her from disobeying God. In fact, he joined her in that. So not only did he sin actively, but he sinned passively as well. So uh, we have a powerful warning in Scripture. If you have a lack of drive, a lack of motivation— We have these powerful examples and these teachings in Scripture that warn us against passivity. See, we're called to put off the old man, the old man that is in Adam, and to put on the new man in Christ. So, Scripture solves that problem for us. What about lack of time? That's another challenge that we have. Lack of time. You know, around this time of year, we already alluded to the fact, I already spoke about the fact that uh, it's very busy and so what do you do with you know, we with this massive responsibility and yet not a whole lot of opportunity to to uh, to use our time for leading our family well at advent well in Luke 10:41 and 42 Jesus addresses Martha so even as men of course we have a lot to learn from women and and We can learn from Martha actually what not to do and how Jesus responded to her. So Jesus was visiting Mary and Martha's house, two sisters, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet and just soaked up his presence, listened to him, talked to him. Meanwhile, Martha was running around like a chicken with her head cut off. And Jesus says to Martha, you are anxious and troubled, about many things but one thing is necessary. You know, this is the time of year when we are tempted to be busy, but Jesus tells us that ultimately one thing is necessary. We need to spend time with Jesus. And this is a matter of priorities, this is a matter of values as we talked about earlier, but when we value Jesus as if he truly is the one thing that we need. Time with him is the one thing that we need. That Is going to solve our time problem if we put jesus first then everything else is going to fall into place and you know what if we don't get done some of the things that we wanted to get done during this christmas season during advent that's okay if we put jesus first then truly we've done what was required of us all right and then finally lack of know-how you know we might lack skill we might have guilt over past failures or we may simply lack good examples. Maybe, maybe your dad didn't lead you well at Advent. Maybe he didn't do family worship time. Maybe your dad wasn't a believer. Maybe your dad was uh, abusive or neglectful, or maybe he was just an average guy but didn't lead well in this area. You might be sure where to start. You, you might not. You might not know how to, um, you know, how to get going. What I would suggest is. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's talk about our victory. How do we overcome this objection of not having enough skill? Well, there are some wins we can get here. So let's talk about our victory. We talked about challenges. Let's talk about let's talk about victory. All right. We've we've got a threefold victory when it comes to leading our family at Advent. God's provision, easy wins, and then getting started. Let's talk about how to win. Over these challenges. God's provision, easy wins, and getting started. All right, let's talk about God's provision. First of all, Christ atoned for our sins and cleanses us. Ephesians 5, 25, and 26 say that God loved, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word." You can't give to your kids and your family what you don't already have. So you need to realize that in Christ, you have been washed, you have been sanctified, you have been atoned for. All your spiritual needs are met in Christ. And when you find your resources in Jesus Christ, when you, when you accept this atonement and this cleansing from Jesus Christ, you will have the resources to lead your family through God's provision. So that's a victory right there. You might not have the time, you might not have the drive, but if you have Jesus Christ, because of what he's done on the cross, you have everything that you need. Now, if you're not a believer and you're listening to this, and you're like, I don't know that I have Christ's atonement, I'm going to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is that Jesus died for sinners like you and me, was buried, rose again, was seen by many eyewitnesses, and this is the message that we Christians hold to that we believe, in which we stand, by which we are being saved, according to 1 Corinthians 15. If you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again, God raised him from the dead. If you believe that he is Lord and trust in him as your savior, you will be saved. You will be atoned for. You will be cleansed. And you need that. I need that because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And when Jesus saves you, he also gives you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the second person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. And that's the second piece of God's provision, the Holy Spirit's sufficiency. Second Corinthians 3, 5, and 6 say, He has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. See, our sufficiency does not come from ourselves. It comes from God, from the Holy Spirit. So that's a, that's a major victory there. God has provided the Holy Spirit for us. And then finally, the Father's discipline. No, not you, the Father, not your earthly Father, but God, the Father. Hebrews 12, 6 through 11 says, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. So God is going to keep you on track as you um, work to keep Your family on track at Advent, God is going to discipline you. And that might sound scary, but you know what? It's an act of love. And when God disciplines, he always restores. So let's talk about some easy wins you can get during Advent. First of all, it's that big green thing that you've got in your family room or uh, in front of your, your front window in your house. It's your Christmas tree, whether it's real, fake, or whatever. My family, we go and we cut down a Christmas tree. For years, we had a fake one. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Use whatever Christmas tree you want, but use it as an object lesson. Think about all the significance of a Christmas tree. You know, some people think that Christmas trees are like pagan Asherah poles, they're pagan symbols. They're not. And you might say, well, but that's how they originated. First of all, I don't think that's how they originated. According to legend, Martin Luther set up the first Christmas tree in his house. He was walking home from church one night, I believe. And he looked up and he saw the the stars and they were twinkling through the evergreens as he walked home. And he was so inspired that he went home, set up a Christmas tree or a pine tree or whatever, uh, Douglas fir or whatever it was in his house and put a bunch of candles in it, which to me sounds like a fire hazard, but maybe we've just gotten soft over the years. But he set up this Christmas tree and that was that was the first Christmas tree. I don't know if that story is true, but I do know that Christmas trees today are packed with spiritual significance, theological significance. Okay, think about trees in the Bible. The first sin happened with the tree. We talked about that. Think about even the red ball ornaments. They look like fruit, don't they? In fact, they look like apples, which is going back to an old medieval play on words. The monks used to say that Adam ate the malice and got the malum. Malice is apple malum is evil so they said Adam ate the apple and got the evil now the fruit wasn't really an apple it was just a, a little monk joke I guess you know dads have dad jokes monks have monk jokes but even the ornaments on the tree look like fruit you might even have some ornaments that look like they have a bite taken out of them you know with some silver or gold uh, um, trim on there but use your tree to remind your kids and yourself of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God said not to eat. And not only that, but the tree of life as well in the garden of Eden. Okay. Think about Jesus himself. Jesus was hung on a tree. He was hung on a cross. What do you think they make crosses out of? Trees in heaven. We will eat from the tree of life. So there, it takes you back to the fruit again and you know we we hang ornaments on the tree Jesus himself was hung on a tree so there there's so much symbolism and meaning there in the christmas tree christmas tree is also an evergreen which reminds us of the eternal undying life that we have in jesus christ all right christmas lights these go on the christmas tree but they're all over your house as well i'm sure um, Christmas lights symbolize the light of Christ's kingdom breaking into a dark world. Think about John one, the prologue of John, where it talks about Jesus, the law, lo- the logos being the light of the world, the light of man, of man. Jesus is the light. And he called himself the light of the world. He called his followers, the light of the world. Insofar as we spread the light of Jesus Christmas lights, Putting up Christmas lights during the darkest time of year, showing that the light was in the world and the darkness has not overcome it, is a very powerful thing. And then finally, church activities. Maybe your church does a uh, pageant of some kind. You know, this this doesn't have to just be church. My kids' homeschool co-op does. Uh, they just yesterday they had a Christmas play, which was a lot of fun. Different things like that. My church Redeemer Fellowship, they do something called a Blue Christmas, which is a service for those who are hurting, grieving, dealing with loss. Christmas can be a hard time. Advent can be a hard time as well as a joyful time, but make extra effort to bring your kids to corporate worship and other Christmas-themed events. Afterward, discuss the lesson together and pray about it together. That's an easy win. Your church is already doing these things. Go celebrate with your church, greet, as the song says, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. And when you're done, discuss it with your kids and pray about it. All right, now, how do we get started? Let's talk about how to get started. Get a great devotional resource. And there are a number of great resources out there. Uh, You know what? I've got one for you catechids catechids is the catechism that i wrote for my own kids years ago that's developed somewhat of a cult following on the internet and in various churches uh various families so if you're a user of catechids if if that's something that you have and you use god bless you get a copy for someone else but uh, maybe you started doing catechids and you've kind of fallen off i know that it ebbs and flows with my own kids as well believe me My daughter's three. I've been catechizing her for a while, but you know, it comes and goes this morning. I picked it back up again, but pick up your copy of catechids or your Baptist catechism or your Keaches catechism or your Westminster shorter catechism or whatever it is, or your new city catechism, catechize your kids and catechids, I think is a great resource to, to use there, uh, there, you can go to the think.institute slash catechids and Get a free PDF of Catechids if you want to. Um, and be sure to check out the episodes that my own kids have filmed, the Catechids episodes, where uh, they go through question by question. And we're eight episodes in on that. And so um, you can check that out as well by going to the website, thethink.institute. I also want to share with you the New Year's devos that I actually just released today. New Year's devos. uh I call it the best way to start 2022 off right and to build spiritual momentum with your family. You can get into the word together, pray together every day for 22 days, the first 22 days of 2022. I think this is a resource that is really going to help you. It was originally created for Advent, as a matter of fact, with Abigail Huber, um, I knew her as Abigail Holmberg. Uh, she and I worked at a church together in the city of Chicago. we both now since moved on, but we created this resource to help fathers lead their families in discovering the timeless, essential, biblical truths of the Christian message and how they apply to life and also to really encourage families to build spiritual momentum during the first three weeks of the year by digging into scripture together. So again, it's 22 days, the first 22 days of 2022. You can find out more about our New Year's Devos by going to thethinkinstitute slash New Year Devos. Again, that's thethinkinstitute slash New Year Devos, 22 days, the first 22 days of 2022. Okay, now, there are some other excellent, excellent resources out there. Let me tell you about just uh, two of them. Wise Words by Peter Lighthart, an excellent book that tells very creative stories based on the Proverbs. Outstanding book. My kids love it. And then also Family Worship by Donald S. Whitney. Excellent book for getting started. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, excellent book for getting started with family worship. This was recommended by my old, my former pastor, Brenton Smith, and I'm passing it on along to you. You can read it in about an hour. It's very short. Um, how else should you get started? How about this? Set aside time every day for family worship, for family devotions every single day. As a general rule, what I say is you should only lead your family in devotions on days when you want them to walk with the Lord. Okay, sorry for the snark there, but it's true. Now, I'm not a guy who does this perfectly. I do not lead my family in family worship every day, but it is a goal. It's an aspiration that I have, and together, you and me, Think Squad, let's work on this, this Advent season. And then Next step to get started, pray and talk to your wife. This is our duty. This is a responsibility to lead our wives spiritually, but it's also a joy. And you know what? We can't do it alone. Leading our families, we cannot do it alone. When God made the man, he said, it is not good for him to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Guys, you and me, we need help. We need the Lord's strength, and life is always better when our wives are alongside us, basking in that strength, drawing on that strength from the Lord, and helping us in our quest, our manly quest to lead our families at Advent spiritually. So that's about all I have for you today. I hope you heard something helpful. I know I certainly did as I was preparing this. And Let me just encourage you as well. It is the end of the year. And what that means is that we are currently in the middle of our end of year push. And uh, we want to um, let you know about this need that we have. We are hoping to take the ThinkPod to the next level in 2022. We want to really grow the show. We're going to be developing... um, Uh, some new exciting episodes, especially between Christmas and New Year's. So stay tuned for that. But in 2022, we're also going to be um, entering this program called the Grow the Show Podcast Accelerator. Lord willing, we're going to do this. And it's this program that's got it a really remarkable proven track record of growing your podcast. The program itself is going to cost us about $5,000. So we're seeking and trusting the Lord for that $5,000 between now and the end of the year. So if you feel inclined and you want to partner with us, maybe you have already in the past, in which case, thank you. God bless you. And maybe you are looking for a ministry to partner with this Christmas season, this Advent. Can I humbly invite you to partner with us at any amount and help us to reach that $5,000 goal so that we can join the podcast accelerator and really grow the ThinkPod to new levels. If I dare say so myself, I think the Lord's doing some amazing things with this show. Uh, We've got some really cool things, some co-hosting, some fun guests that we're going to have coming up in the next few weeks, and we want to get the word out about the show. So check uh, uh, If you want to learn more about giving with us, giving to us, joining our team, you can go to thethink.institute slash partner. Thethink.institute slash partner. I'll put that address up on the screen in just a second. And we'd love to have you partner with us, and we would greatly appreciate it. Hey, and you know what? If you can't do that, Please just pray for us. Pray for a brother as we're out here trying to help dads to lead their families in defending the Christian message and seeking to answer current cultural challenges with timeless biblical truth. Okay, that about wraps it up for this episode. The Think Podcast is a production of the Think Institute and is produced by yours truly, Joel Seticase. The Think Institute operates under Church Movements, a ministry of Crew, under the division of Crew City to learn about how to support the Think Institute and my family tax free go to thethink.institute/partner i hope you heard something helpful today i know i did remember this is not goodbye this has just been a short stop on the journey as we learn to lead our families in defending the christian message and we'll see you next time until then i hope it made you think